buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for your Super League podcast. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Welcome to the electrifying world of Super League basketball. Hello and welcome to the Super League podcast. Today's episode is a special one. Uh, we'll take you through round three's action. We've got a couple of trades to go through, as well as our Hayden Byron top five. This episode brought to you by Hayden, uh, sorry, not Hayden Byron. It's brought to you by Hazard Electrical. Anything you might need an electrician for or solar or battery installations, these guys are your one-stop shop. Anyway, the reason this podcast is a special one is because... I am joined by a Ducks legend, current Toucans player and possible steal of the draft in the third round, Lucas Armstrong. How are you, mate? I am very well, DT. How are you? I'm <laughs> I'm stoked. I'm I'm actually so thrilled to be sharing the mic with you tonight. It's been um it's been a little while uh since we've had a chance to to really catch up since our Ducks season. Uh but I'm pumped. Me too, me too. I've uh, I've got a few things on the go that we can have a chat about. And yeah, hopefully everyone at home listening to this as well doesn't hate the sound of my voice. So <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, mate. You can't hate the snag man. Well, yes, that is one nickname that I go by. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, people did enjoy the snags that I offered last year. <laughs> Mate, we, we go a little bit back now. Um, we've played basketball together or against each other for a number of years, but we finally got the chance to play on the same team last season in John O'Bray's Ducks. Yep. And, uh, mate, I, at the start of the season, I, I thought, what is this bloke doing? He's just drafted this weird team. And by the end of it, it was my favourite season of Super League that I've ever played. Um, yeah, I I also was on the same wavelength of what's he done, but I think he just went for uh, the mates and having fun route, just because of where we were placed on the draft. I think, and yeah, it was it was definitely we didn't win much, but it was definitely a very fun season for me as well. <laughs> Mate, we weren't we weren't far off winning a lot of games. I think we were competitive in just about every game we played, and. Um... You know, I think the chemistry off court was a was a massive factor in that. And every single night after we played, uh, you could almost guarantee that um, that it was good vibes. Oh, for sure, it was. Um, you know, the barbecue in the back of the car and the cornfields in the car park. And we were there till you know eleven thirty, twelve at night. It was all, always a good Tuesday. So, my my wife was a big fan of the Ducks, actually. Um, just. <laughs> Yeah, personally loved me being out till, you know, 12.30, 1 o'clock at night. Oh, uh, yeah. My my wife loved me on the ducks also. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, just, a, just a hell of a lot of fun. Um, before we jump into anything significant, a uh, <laughs> couple of favourite memories is when you bought the, the barbecue along. We had sausages. We did that a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, there was a few of those. That that was always a, a winner. I think we started that maybe, I want to say, at around round eight. I definitely didn't start it before the trade deadline um, <laughs> because, I, I mean, it possibly could have helped um, 
to keep a position. But yeah, obviously I didn't need to. And then yeah, once the trade deadline passed, it was you know snags for all, and we had plenty of other teams jumping in. Um, Angus was massive on trying to steal the snag all the time after games. So the seagull, <laughs> Angus, actually the seagull. Yep. Um, and and what about <laughs> what about Bojack Sourceman? Jimmy Midamar. Uh, uh, I, I don't actually remember how that how that happened, but I do remember him chugging. Was it a mouthful or a glass of sauce? Uh, no, I believe he had grabbed the sauce bottle and just basically open mouth, just squirt the bottle in. It was a, it was a decent amount of sauce. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that's where his nickname kicked off. And then he was bring. What, what do you bring in? You brought cocktails in one night. It was. Um, Mocktails, mocktails. Yeah. He definitely Mock- brought mocktails. mocktails. That's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They were coffee flavored or something, I believe. <laughs> incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, for a mocktail, they burned the back of my throat like something else. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, just, just before we get into our, our, uh, our proper agenda for the night, um, when you since I since I launched my little business beast gardening, um, we've been chatting a little bit gardening. You're a bit of a green thumb. Uh, yes, when it comes to to gardening, yes, I'm a green thumb. Yeah. Oh yes. Don't, don't, don't let the dreadlocks fool you for anything else. All oh, right, not, <laughs> not a John Butler trio type uh, um, <laughs> resemblance. No, no, no. Gardening, gardening related only. Um. You're you're a big fan of gardening. You're a big fan. I, I really appreciated all the messages I got from you when I first put up the um, the business, yeah. uh, and and you were full of funny and um, productive suggestions for the business. Oh yeah, well you know I'm just I'm here to help you, Dale. So it's so, anything I can do to you know boost the the beast gardening, I'm I'm just gonna get on board. Well, the my my favourite one. Um, was and and so for anyone anyone listening that the the new little business is called Beast Gardening, uh, and your suggestion was to get the little you know the wide brim sun caps that you buy at the surf shops and put a couple of horns on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that, mate. I you know <laughs> what I, I'm actually close to to tracking down some horns and sewing them on just for a bit of a laugh. I, I'll do anything for a laugh. Well. I think it's a great idea. Just just imagine, you know, you're driving down someone's street and then you see the big trailer on the back of a car, beast gardening, and then there's a bloke pushing a lawnmower wearing a sun hat that's got horns on it. I mean, it it, it would make you summer. Um, sign up, sure. Yeah, it would definitely make me want to get my lawns mowed by a possible buffalo man. Um, it's all... <laughs> For the, the the comedic value, I, I think it's it's good quality. So it's definitely something you should look into for future uniforms. I loved it, mate. And um, and for all of those listening, yes, I've I've started a little little business called Beast Gardening. Uh, I'll be doing mowing and gardening services. So uh, I'll mainly be servicing up uh, up my area in the Bass Coast, but. I do have a run down towards Clyde, Berwick, Pakenham, Narry Warren area. 
Um, so if you are looking for anyone to mow your lawns even or just to just to give your garden a bit of a tidy up, please reach out. I am looking for some regulars to get on the books down that way. So uh, pretty keen for you guys to, to reach out and um, I'll come out wearing my beast sun hat and, um, and do your gardens. Mate, a couple of trades this week. I don't know if you've been keeping track of these, but um, a few players shifting hands this week, Lucas. Yes, I have seen quite a few. Um, three, oh. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, three. That's right. Well, sort of three. There's two trades, injury replacement. Um, yeah. The first, the first trade um, to to kick things off was uh, Eli Evans moving from uh, the Sharks across to the Bloodhounds in place of Cooper Pantana, who was just recently moved from your two cans, in fact. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, Coop. Coop moved um, and then played with the Bloodhounds uh, last week. Um, from what I had a look at his stats, is uh, you definitely want to keep track of traded. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you definitely want to keep track of the guys that uh, move from your team, and he had an absolute blinder. So, and then yeah, he gets gets moved again for Eli. Um, Eli's obviously a, a great guy. I've I've played with him a couple of times, played against him a lot as well. Um, you know, big lockdown defender, um, can put buckets in as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, a good trade in terms of, I guess, the Sharks wanting points and the Bloodhounds wanting more defence, I guess. Well, that's, that's what it figures. I mean, Cooper, I think, is a, a reasonable defender as he is. But, um, yeah, I think... I think Eli is probably defense uh, oriented a little bit more. Um, as we know, he's been sort of up there in the the depoy rankings for just about every season he's played. So, um, yeah. what I what I do like about Eli is he always gives a hundred and ten percent. There is he leaves nothing out on the floor. Um, yeah. and I yeah. think the, the Bloodhounds will benefit from that. Um, and the the Sharks, I mean, they get a. They get an instant twenty points uh, a game scorer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They um like they needed one. They got bloody Aussie Shelley uh, dropped forty four. Yeah. Yeah. Belton, Belton, and Shelley, and there you had Pantano. It's um yeah, it's a, a lot of firepower to come in. So it'll be interesting to see the Sharks uh, this week coming. So yeah, and then obviously um, Roe knows what he's doing with the Bloodhounds, and he obviously wanted Eli for a reason. So I guess. Just having that trade asset that he could use to get Eli, it's a uh, it's a big in for him as well. Yeah, really, really clever stuff from from both GMs there. The next trade we've got uh, was the Foxes trading Jordan Morgan to the Officer Hornets for Joey Nativo. This is probably one of the more interesting trades I think that we've seen this season. Um, in in most trades, we've sort of seen similar size players getting traded, and yeah. this is essentially a, a you know probably one of the tallest players in the draft for you know not so much one of the tallest players in the draft for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Joey offers a lot of uh, burst and movement in his transition. Um, very handy with the ball, a good IQ. Um, and then uh, Jordan, I don't really know a lot about Jordan. Um, I know that he's super tall, 
<laughs> um, and he can definitely throw up a three. Um, he definitely so, can, and that's something we saw in the the preseason. We saw him draining a lot of threes. Uh, his first couple of games, he he didn't really have much of an impact on the scoreboard, um, and that's why I think we've seen. You know, if if you look at the stats on this trade, I think you're looking at you know the foxes bringing in Joey. It's probably a, a win for the foxes based on the stats. Um, yeah, but you you know you. The Hornets are in desperate need of some height, and uh, and Jordan Morgan definitely brings that. So he's uh, he's going to alter a lot of shots for the Hornets and and really sort of lock down the paint. And uh, and Joey is going to be a a running mate for for uh, Jeff Reed, who has been sort of doing the bulk of the scoring for the Foxes. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, I, I see it as a win-win for both teams. Um, yeah, the, the Foxes get their run um, and then the Hornets get their height that they, you know, both teams were sort of lacking and needed. So I think it's a good trade. I think it's a good trade too. This is probably one of the smarter trades that, that I've seen um, this season and probably in a lot of seasons past. Um, you know, it's it addresses a need for both teams and it's, um, yeah, it's terrific to see. The last one. We've got an injury replacement. So uh, Nathan Gormley, who was just recently traded uh, to the Silverbacks, he was set to play alongside brother Dave Gormley, uh, but he's injured and uh, and will need to be replaced. So he was replaced, uh, and his replacement played on Monday. Yeah, uh, he was replaced by Michael Findlay, um, who had a cracking game, which we'll talk about later. But um, yeah. New to Super League, so a, a new player and uh, and certainly someone we're probably going to be talking a fair bit about uh, in upcoming weeks. Yeah, based on the stats, he looks like yeah, he's a bit of a bit of a beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could come and work for me. Yeah, yeah. What I, what I did like about the replacement is we we um, we replaced some some big guns with tribal tats with some big guns with tribal tats. Um, yeah, I. I agree. It's uh, it's definitely a, a like for like uh, move. So, <laughs> no, I like it. It's uh, it's good. All right, uh, Lucas, we got to talk about some Monday night action. So uh, let's get into it. The first game of the night on Monday was the Packenham Pirates going down forty six to the Gembrook Pacers, fifty three. Uh, just looking at the assist numbers in this game before we go into the box score. It looks like the Pacers really dominated the assist numbers. Four out of the five top assist getters uh, were Pacers. So, um, yeah, interesting little fact for you there. Factoid. Yeah, it's nice. Hmm. If we look at the um, the Pacers, we had Kyle Nagel uh, really showing out. He had 20 points, 10 rebounds, uh, and a handful of assists as well. I think he had eight assists, so pretty close to a triple-double for for the Schnagger. Um, Cooper Lovelace, 16 points, 18 boards, five steals, three blocks. Uh, just a monster game from him. Just what an incredible stat line that is. That's a big showing. It's uh, That's big defensive moves and then points on the board. That's uh, That's a good run. Really important piece for the Pacers this season, Cooper Lovelace. Um, outside of that, we didn't have anyone on the Pacers in double figures, but we did have Grimo with seven and two. We had Alex Kerr with two and five. Chris Lukeman with uh, six and five. Uh, Fab Monty didn't play in this one. We had uh, 
Nick Melson having his one of his quieter games. He was uh, zero from seven from deep, which is unlike him. He had two and two. Uh, but the Pacers still were able to get it done. Yeah, they um, the Pacers look like a a good squad. They're um, yeah, definitely got some good shooters, good runners. Um, obviously, any team with uh, snag is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think um, you know, it's a, a credit to this team when a big piece like Nick Melson doesn't have his best performance. Uh, Fab Monty, probably one of their better defenders, uh, is yeah. and they're still able to get a win against a decent team like the Packers and Pirates. Yeah, the uh, the Pirates also they're another good runner. There's um, not a good side from the Monday night. I don't really get to see a lot of it, um, but yeah, just looking at the numbers, they're um, they're a quality squad as well. For the Pirates, we had uh, two players on 16 points. That was Diljenk uh, with 16 and 12. Um, pretty amazing numbers from him. He had five steals as well uh, and a couple of assists. And we also had Will Tankard with a double-double. He had 16 and 10 uh, with a steal and a couple of blocks in there as well. Outside of that, no one in double figures. Ploz uh, was the next highest with seven and four. Uh, we had Gav Trapnell with four and eight and a couple of blocks. Uh, and Josh Jantz with three and two. Uh, Dennis Smith um, had a quiet game. He wasn't able to trouble the scorers. And Blake Schreiber, um, I'm not sure if he's uh, if he's up for trade, but um, I might have to reach out to Ploz for this one because he has only taken one shot. And I think, um, I think he's probably a little bit shy in this team. And I reckon, he's, um, I reckon he could do pretty well on the Reapers. Yeah, right. So a little bit of a uh, little on-the-pod uh, on uh, coaching, seed if you on will. The pod here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. He's, uh, he did pick up two fouls, so that's that's there as well. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, Blakey's, a, Blakey's a terrific player, and I think we saw his best in the, the Bloodhounds last season. He was probably their, well, probably close to their primary ball handler and did a yep. terrific job with those guys, so... Yeah, it looks like the uh, the Pacers charge ahead in this one. We'll move on to the next. Uh, the Baronia Bloodhounds got up in a thriller, uh, 59 over the Pakenham Upper Unicorns, 57. Uh, we saw Cooper Lovelace scoring, I think it was 20 or 22 in this game. He's not on the actual uh, the stats here, but um, yeah. Tane White, amazing game again, 20 points, six boards, three steals. Um, we had Jack O'Gray having a having a quiet game. He only had six shots. Not sure what the uh, what the go is there with him because he is definitely um, definitely the man. Uh, when you talk about guys on this team, he's he's probably a, a massive primary piece, as well as Corey Nagel. He only had four shots, six points, nine boards. Um, Chris O'Keefe, big game from him. Thirteen boards, four points. Um, mm. And Rowan Sword did not touch the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So they don't have uh, Pantano's um, stats in there. Correct. I, I know for sure he had 20 or 22. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, he did. I think he had 22 points or something. I can't remember the assist-to-rebound ratio. But, um, yeah, he was he was one of the – well, I think he was the top scorer by the look of it. <laughs> yep. Um, 
yeah, really got the job done against the the unicorns. Um, but yeah, strange strange stats to see from Jacko and Corey Nagel, uh, both getting under ten shots. Which is, you know, if you're talking about the guys that you drafted, these guys are probably uh, well, they are your one and two picks. Yeah, uh, you want those guys probably uh, at least getting ten or or fifteen shots a game. I would think. Yeah, for sure. You um job done. Who are we to complain? Who are we to, who are we to criticize? <laughs> exactly they beat, right. They beat one of the hottest teams in the comp in the the packing them up of unicorns and and you know yeah. they had multiple guys in double figures. They had Cal McNiff with 16 points, five boards, two blocks. Uh, they had Cal Shave with 14 and 6. Uh, they also had uh, Jacob Hawken with 12 and 6. Awesome game from him. Uh, the Badger, he was 12 points, 5 boards, 3 steals. Uh, outside of that, Curtis did not touch the floor. And Sammy Pettit had a, one of his quieter games. I know he can uh, he can really get going once he's, um, once he's up and about. But he had his quietest game that I've seen of late. Also, if you look at the assist numbers, Badger had five assists, Cal McNiff, four assists, Shane Pettit, uh, sorry, Sammy Pettit, four assists, Cal Shave, a couple of assists as well. So, um, yeah, monster monster assist numbers there from the, the Unicorns, but it just wasn't enough. Just shy, yeah. It, uh, it looks like if, you know, uh, Pettit was a bit hotter on the three, could have been a lot different. He went one from ten. Beyond the arc, so that's, up, yeah, yeah. If if you know he hits two or three more of those, that's a, a nine point differential the other way. So it's just maybe a case of you know not getting the right shots, and you know the Bloodhounds playing a good defense. It's um, yeah, could go either way on that one. But yeah, the obviously the the Bloodhounds get up with the the two point win, and you just take that and walk away with the W. I'd love to see a rematch of that game. Bloody hell. I would, yeah. Once once we get the the, uh, the videos um, running again, it'd be good because then I can yeah, sort of watch the Monday nights again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that's something we've got to talk about later in the podcast, but we won't uh, we won't spoil it right here, right now. But the uh, the next game of the night was the Lakeside Vikings going down by twelve against the hot Berwick. Sharks. Lucas, why don't you take us through this one? T- talk to me about the Sharks. Um, just loading her up. The uh, the internet out in Pakenham is a little bit slow this evening. I do apologise. Regional <laughs> as opposed to Metro Bass. I can understand. Oh, I know. So, all right. So, Lakeside and Sharks. Uh, all right. What have we got here? Give you a little hint. Austin Shelley. 44 points, seven boards, four steals. Uh, and I'm guessing he's up there in the assists, four assists as well. Just a monster game from him. Yeah, it's uh, just looking at the stats here, it's um, <laughs> it's quite a game. We we knew when I, I, I had the pleasure of playing against him in the, the combines um, and he absolutely torched me. So. Uh, it's kind of half expected, um, and yeah, just to put on forty-four points for the night—that's a—that's a massive outing. <laughs> well, he poured forty-four points in on thirty-one shots at sixty percent, which is 
pretty shit hot. And just ask Lee Belton if you want to ask how shit hot that is. It's pretty bloody <laughs> shit hot. Yeah, it's uh, it's impressive numbers. <laughs> Lee Belton had a good game as well. I know if you if you look at the the stat sheet, it probably doesn't jump out at you as a as a real ripper. But he he shot the ball at twenty percent, but he had nine points, eight boards, and six assists. Um, really sort of feeding the hot hand. Uh, if you look at the stat sheet, I think that's probably telling the story there. Yeah. Eli Evans had probably his best game in a little while. He had eight points and five boards um, and then got himself traded. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had Dave Wang, four points, five boards. Josh Joyner, two points, six boards. Uh, and Mickey Francis with two and seven and a couple of steals in there as well. Um just a, like for for a team that only had one player in double figures, that's yeah. a convincing win. Yeah, for sure. They um, yeah, just looking at some of the stats. So even even just their steals, they picked up fourteen steals opposed to the three from the Vikings. So they're just sort of taking the ball at will. And then when you can do that, you can obviously get it into your hot hand of Shelley, and yeah, he just puts it away. <laughs> Definitely, uh, the Vikings were. Um, they had a they had a new player or a new couple of players actually. They had Jamie Marchingo and uh, Brad Starkey, I believe. No, Brad Starkey got traded, didn't he? They both got traded. Big pardon. They had Simo yeah, put they in. They went to the Knights, I believe. Yeah, yeah. They had yeah. Simo and Hayden Byron come in. Big pardon. Um, they're not on the stat sheet, but I can only assume that they both had uh, decent games here because the uh, the box score is missing quite a few points. Yeah. And Jaden Davey was probably the leader of all with uh, with 28 and 7. Um, good to see H uh, really impacting the scoreboard, uh, probably his first or second game. Jaden O'Neill had a cracker, 15 and 5. Love to see that from Jaden. He shot 6 from 8 from the floor, 75%. Mike Godfrey having a quieter game. Uh, he had three points and five boards. Um, yeah, probably not used to seeing that from him. Yeah. Scotty Elliott, two and ten. And Rob Middleton didn't touch the scoreboard, but uh, grabbed himself five boards. So, um, yeah, funny old game for the Vikings. And, and this is one of the things that I say about teams that have just made a trade. Takes a couple of weeks for everyone to sort of figure out their role again and how they fit. So I think oh, yeah. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna find that with some of these teams that have made those big trades. Two pieces uh, in a seven piece team is a fairly decent percentage. So I think um you know I think that might take them a couple of weeks to to really figure out who they are again. Yeah for sure. I um I know that all too well. I'm a Clippers fan and I'm suffering with that with James Harden right now. So <laughs> I don't know if I should break this to you, but I'm not sure that's going to get any better. But you <laughs> <laughs> well, hit a big shot today, right? Yeah, it's chalk and cheese of being a Clipper fan. I think you just kind of expect the worst because that's just what always happens. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, Corey Maggette, huh? Corey Maggette. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Darius Miles. All right, uh, we move on. The, uh, the next game of the night was the Narry Warren Silverbacks versus the Ringwood Rangers, and it was the Silverbacks getting up in a big way, 54 to 38. Um, 
You don't often see big scores from any Silverbacks teams, but uh, this was an exception to the rule. Yeah, they're, um, the Silverbacks are definitely known to normally be a defensive squad, so it's, a, it's an impressive number. Well, I think they held their own defensively. Um, they they just were able to sort of pop off offensively, which is which is grouse. We'd love to see that. Yeah. And, um, you know, we spoke about the uh, the replacement player in Michael Findlay. Uh, he had a terrific game. He had uh, 17 points, 13 rebounds, and three assists. So... Uh, straight off the bat, you're getting big production from one of your replacement players, and that's what you can only hope. You know, you're replacing a big piece like Nate Gormley. Um, so you'd love to see, yeah, some big numbers from him. Yeah, for sure. It's always good to, because uh, yeah, they they did trade for Nate, I believe, and it's yeah, it's always nice to obviously get a like for like when you're you're making a trade and then you have an unfortunate injury. So yeah. Um, we did see Dave Gormley. He had thirteen and eight. He also had six assists. That's a that's a terrific stat line from him. Uh, love to see him showing out. And uh, yeah, I think we all know what a player he is. This is his second season with the Silverbacks, and I think it's probably his second season being that underappreciated superstar on a team. So um, yeah, love to see that from him. Paul Phillips. He had 11 and 7. Uh, I think he's still sort of on his way back from that little injury that he had uh, the other week. Uh, Kyle Sutherland, 1.5 boards. Thomas Lovett did get on the scoreboard, got a couple of rebounds though. Uh, I didn't see, was it, is it Jamie? It's Jamie Marchingo, isn't it? The other, the other one that's not on this stat sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he must have had uh, a fairly decent game as well. I could probably reverse engineer this if I'm that quick. 25 and 17 32. I reckon he had 22 points. Maybe? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, so love to see that from him. Uh, big, big game from, from Jamie. And um, yeah, you can't ask for much more when you're bringing a, a guy like that into the team for him to score 22 points on his first game. Yeah. For the Rangers, uh, only two players in double figures, and that was Lockie Tankard. He had uh, 14 and 3, um, as well as PK, Peter Kennedy, 13 and 2. Um, Burko didn't get on the scoreboard in this game. He only had five shots. He had 11 boards. He had three blocks. Um, but that is somewhat concerning if you're the Ringwood Rangers. Yeah. You uh, you definitely want to see points points coming there, but um, I mean holding uh, Bojack had nine boards as well, so yeah, I mean it's good to get the rebounds, but yeah, you definitely be a little concerned with uh, no points getting on the board there. Mind you, he's up against bloody Paul Phillips. I mean, I, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm Burko, I'm not going hard at Paul Phillips by any means. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean that makes sense. Yeah, it, you you wouldn't want to want to be getting into a scuffle there. <laughs> uh, Lockie Elliott, he had five and two. We had Bojack with uh, with two and nine rebounds. Good effort from him. And Bailey Griffiths with two and two. This is probably one of the Rangers' more quiet games. Um, you know, we saw a massive game from Lockie Tankard earlier against his brother Will. Yeah. Uh, I played against Lockie Tankard, I think, on Wednesday night, and, and uh, he had a cracking game, just shooting the ball, 
so so smoothly, and he's he's got probably one of the best jump shots in the league, I think. Yeah, I've the the Tanker brothers. Um, they definitely know how to how to shoot the pill. So it definitely makes sense that um, you know he's the leading scorer for the Rangers on this one. But yeah, um, a few more would would definitely help just to get the Rangers. Uh, sort of moving a bit more, get the gears gears running a bit harder. You know, I I don't think they're too far off um, being competitive if everyone's sort of playing at their level. You know, I think Burko is probably a, a 12 or 14-point player uh, at the very minimum. Uh, I think Bojack's been playing some pretty good basketball as well. He's probably capable of 8 or 10, and then and then Bailey's usually pretty pretty handy as well. So if you, if you add those factors in and... Um, those guys have a good night. It's a competitive game, but uh, it just wasn't, and sometimes it's not. Uh, and the the Silverbacks get away with a 16-point win in this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a good win. Um, yeah, sometimes it's your night, and then sometimes it's not. You just kind of take the good with the bad and roll on to the next one. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, and we are going to roll on into our Tuesday night action uh, we're going to take a, a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors. Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au All right, Jamie Armstrong, we're back. <coughs> Sorry, who? Jamie Armstrong, that's you, isn't it? Ah, oh, yes, the third rounder for the Toucans, that's me. <laughs> We're back. We're here to talk about Tuesday night action. The first game of the night was disgusting, and it was the Officer Hornets getting up on the Bayside Reapers, 64 to 54. Did you see any of it? Um, I literally rolled in as, uh, I don't know, everyone had kind of gone, and then there was a video on Facebook, but you didn't see anything, and there was a couple of foul shots going on for tech fouls, but I didn't actually get to to witness any of what was going on. If you'd like to fill me in, feel free. Yeah, so uh, well, the the Hornets played a great game. I think uh, we we tried to man them up to start with, and um, they they hit just about every shot they took. As a result. Uh, we switched up our defense. We ended up down by, I think, 17 maybe is the the max. Um, our guys sort of fought back to within one point. Um, but we weren't enough for the Hornets in the end. Um, if you just want to look through the stats for the Hornets, we had Matt Darcy with 19, 2, 2, and 7 assists. Amazing game from him. Uh, he, he had an absolute cracker. Next, we had Mike Tyson with 13-3 uh, and I think a couple of assists in here maybe. Um, that's John O'Bray, obviously, that I'm talking about. Yeah. Still uh, yeah. Henry, 7-5. and five. Jess Maudsley, 6-5. and five. 
Joey Tivo six and one. Lockie Davis had a great game with eight and five, and Mackenzie Miles with five and five. Uh, the guys just shot the ball very, very well. They shot the ball at 42% for the game, and um, they just had our defense scrambling all night long. Yeah, it's um, you can just just breezing over all the stats. Yeah, they're definitely a, a high quality shooting side. Um, 39.3% from the three as well. That's always a bonus when you shoot in the three. It just pumps more points in. Um, yeah, Matt Darcy had a blinder by the look of it. I didn't get to see much of his game, but yeah. Very, very well. Eight from nine from the free throw line as well. Um, just just incredibly good. I tried to trash talk the shit out of him into missing a couple, but it just, <laughs> just wasn't going to happen. Couldn't deter the man. Uh, he's just he's so good at getting to the basket. I've I've had the pleasure of playing against him a few times and you try to keep him quiet and it's just so hard to do. He's just such a quality player. He is. And he did so he got his nineteen points off eight shot attempts. Shot the ball at sixty three percent. Just an amazing, amazing performance from himself. Uh, for our Bayside Reapers, it was Cam Scott leading the way. He had 18 points and 10 boards. Uh, pretty amazing effort from him. Outside of that, we had no one in double figures. Uh, it was Benji Coco with nine. Uh, I had nine and 12 uh, and a few assists. I think uh, Dan had one of his quieter nights. He had eight and five. Dill Jack just had six points. Uh, Katz, I thought, was was good as always. He had two and six. And Summit, with his quietest game of the season, too, with two and four. So um, the the Hornets applied a 1-3-1 defense, uh, which we just probably weren't ready for. And I think, um, I think we really paid the price. Yeah, just uh, looking at, at your points and... Um, your percentage of shooting, it was definitely just an off-shooting night for you guys. And, yeah, it seems like the Hornets just sort of got under your skin a little bit with their defensive um, manoeuvres. They they definitely took advantage of uh, of our bad shooting and they were shooting pretty well themselves. So, um, yeah, love to see it for the, for the Hornets. Um, quality team, uh, lots of outside shooting and um, not having a dominant inside big hasn't really hurt them so far and they've they've made that trade now for Jordan Morgan so i think it's um i think it's going to be incredible to see what he can do on this hornets team yeah for sure they um they definitely look a little bit more scarier with the uh the big tall that they can have inside as well which just gives them another option for you know an obvious good good shooting side so yeah they'll they'll be a very interesting squad to play against yeah, and, and they certainly play with a chip on their shoulder, particularly uh, John O'Bray. <laughs> Please, uh, what what happened with John O? Well, I mean, I, I had a lot of messages after this game, but um, so so Dill Jack was pretty much guarding John O for a fair bit of the night, and. Um, and I think when I went up for a rebound, I, we both sort of came down with the ball, but. Um, the way that the ball came down, I ended up sort of around his head, shoulders. Um, I, I copped the foul, whatever. It was a, it was fine. 
but he popped up and uh, gave me a little shove in the chest and sort of gave me a bit of lip. And so I, um, I just gave him a little back. That was all. It was, it was all friendly and, you know, we kissed and hugged a little, a little while after. Um, maybe not directly after the game, but I uh, saw him on the Wednesday night down at Packenham and, um, yeah, we had a bit of a laugh and a, and a chat about it. And um, I, I said, if you do that to me again, I'll fucking kill you. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was all it was all fun and games. Uh, that's good. The, the ducks are still, you know, we're still a, a family at least. So that's that's the main thing. Oh, he's still my daddy duck. Don't worry about it. <laughs> a bit of a bit of white line fever never hurt anyone. I think uh, a lot of a lot of the guys in the league can, you know. Put a put a bit of aggression in the lines, and then as soon as the game's over, we're all happy to have a cordial afterwards. So, he's he's still one of my favourite braves. Probably not my most favourite anymore, but <laughs> still he's still top three. So, yeah, uh, we'll move on. The next game of the night uh, was the Turin Kraken getting up by fourteen on the Garfield Foxes, sixty-four to fifty. Uh, I sort of picked this game for being a, a close one, um, but it just it just wasn't to be. Um, if we look at the uh, the Kraken, Bailey Abraham had himself an absolute monster of a game. He had 19 and 12. Um, yeah. He also had four assists to go along with it. So I think uh, he was probably the X factor in this game. Uh, had a monster. Calvin Austin, um, good as always, 16 points, 15 boards. Uh, love to see that from him. He had a couple of assists. And Timmy Morgan with 13 points, uh, three boards and four assists. Um, they were your double-figured scorers. Dan Eagleton, eight points. Dan Blythe, three points. Jay Burgess, five points and six boards. Uh, Jimmy Minamar didn't trouble the scorers, but he did have five boards. We love the Bojack Sourceman getting five boards, don't we? Yeah, he's a, a quality rebounder, Jimmy. He... Um... When he when he gets a, a bucket or two, that's always a bonus. But yeah, you just you know that he's he's always good for that. You know, between five and ten rebounds per game off the bench, which is awesome. Pretty offensive too, which you which you froth. I love to see that. Oh, for sure, it's always good to rip them down and shoot them back out for that quick three. For the foxes, uh, the foxes only ran with five in this game, and. I did see the early parts of this game and I was only there for, I don't know, just over a quarter or something. And I reckon Corey Brumby had four fouls. So he played the majority of this game on four fouls, didn't get fouled out. So I think that's a, a massive credit to Corey Brumby. Good on you, mate. Uh, he finished the game with nine and eight. Uh, terrific game and terrific effort to stay in the game. Jeff Reed. He had a cracking game, 21 points, 10 boards. Um, we had Riley Lanting with seven, oh, sorry, 12 points and seven boards. Uh, and outside of that, we had uh, Josh Vukovic with five and Liam Loveday with three and seven. Love to see him. He had five offensive boards as well. So love to see that from him. Yeah, it's a, it's a good rebounding effort from the Foxes and it's always good to see uh, the goat Jeff Reed putting on a show with his twenty-one. So he does. Uh, He's been putting on a show all season for the Foxes. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that number one player, you know, he he's always going to do that. It, ever since I've 
seen him play basketball, he's always put in impressive numbers. It's just what Jeffrey does. <laughs> the goat for a reason, my friend. He is. Just they were a bit unlucky to to not get the win, but um, yeah, on on to the next one for the Foxes, and uh, hopefully they can pull in a win. All right, the next game of the night was your Harkaway Toucans getting up by 17 points on the Cranburn Bucks, 69 to 52. Yeah, um, it was our first win for the season as well, which was um, a big effort uh, for the boys just to get that one over. We were sort of a little bit down in the dumps a little bit, running the first two. Um, not getting a win when I think we were sort of, in my opinion, I think our first two games were sort of playing um, the top two sides for our Tuesday night comp. So we kind of got um, the rough end of the stick a little bit, I guess. But Difficult draw. Um, also, I picked you guys as being probably one of the better teams in this comp too. So Yeah. Um, oh, look, we're, yeah, definitely um, starting to get it get it together a bit now and then um, making the trade for Morgs as well was a, a big win for us uh, on Tuesday just gone. It was his first game playing with us and um, yeah, Morgs was unreal. I think he pulled in like 16 boards or something. Uh, right. his, his stats aren't on uh, the, the website at the moment but hopefully next week his stuff displayed but yeah, I think um, yeah, Morgs was like nine points, if I'm not mistaken, and like 16 boards or something. So he was he was a massive in for us. Um, and then Tommy Daly's first game too, right? Yeah, Tommy Daly's first one with us as well. So we didn't see him through um, preseason or our first two games. So it was yeah, just kind of injecting two players into into the lineup and rebounding yeah. presences too. Yeah, huge. Uh, Tommy Daly, I'd never actually realised how high that guy can jump. He's um, it's a freak. He's he's absolutely like, crazy. Yeah, spring legs. Um, just yeah, huge. Just yeah, just having the height, I think, was um, a big deal for us. Just to pull in more boards. Um, like if you look at the the rebounding, it's fifty four to forty four for the night. So just having those two was a a massive leg up for us. It sort of transformed you guys that trade from a perimeter centric team to a to an inside uh, centric team, really. Yeah, for sure. And we were we were missing um, Dave as well, so um, Dave was away on Tuesday night, and that's that's another big man that would usually vacuum in, you know, ten rebounds a night. So um, we've we've got quite a lot of height now on the side, which is good. Leaning, leaning heavily on yourself and uh, and Luke, Lukey Thomas, uh, from the guard side of things, and potentially, uh, you know, switching out Toppy and maybe even Maddie Waitley to an outside type role. Yeah, so um, Maddie Waitley is obviously pretty dangerous from behind the three point line. There's multiple times I've watched him just, you know, drop eight in a row just quite easily. Um, so he's definitely an outside threat that you can throw out there. And then, you know, Toppy's just good from everywhere, really. He's just, yeah, an all-round great player, good in the paint, good from outside. 
Um, very smart with the ball, good IQ, can dish off easily. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely handy to have running the show. So <laughs> he had uh, he had twenty seven, seven and five, as well as three steals. Um, incredible game from him, and that's probably I think um, what you're going to expect from him week in week out. Um, particularly now that he's going to be the the focal point of this offense, so I I kind of like that trade for that reason. Um, yeah. And you've got all those bodies in there, willing and able to clean up for any misses that come his way. Yeah, for sure. There's um, it's yeah, it, it's a good dynamic I think with what we're sort of running with now. So I'm pretty excited um, going forward from here and. Um, I think with one of the nicest uniforms in the league as well, uh, I think we're in a pretty good spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lukey Thomas, he's starting to find his form. He had 13 and 8. He was terrific in the preseason, and I think it's only onward and upward for him. Uh, yourself, mate, you had 10 and 3. Um, terrific game. Starting to find that preseason form as well. I feel like you were perhaps in the same boat as him, had a terrific preseason and a quieter start to the season. Yeah, it's um, it's good to sort of put some points on the board and um, I was sort of just getting my legs back a little bit. I might have been, um, yeah, sort of just, just sort of running a bit flat, I felt. And, yeah, Tuesday just gone, I sort of got a few reps up throughout the week and just putting in a bit of extra practice. I think that helps me. Um, and then, yeah, I think I played a pretty good defensive night as well. So I didn't put any fouls on anyone as well, which was nice. So the rest were looking after me. Um, just but, yeah, it's – oh, well, yeah, you, you can play it either way. Either I'm too soft or <laughs> – <laughs> uh, But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. That was, that was not a bad run for me. But, um, yeah, I think uh, overall as a team we just played really well. So – uh, outside of yourself, you had Tommy Daly with seven and six. He's going to be a big piece uh, for you guys. You shot the ball at 60%, three out of five shooting. Uh, and Matty Waitley, he hit one from deep, but also grabbed in six boards. Um, so, yes, things are starting to look up for you guys, I feel. Uh, for the Bucks, uh, we had Mikey Stewart with 20 and eight, uh, as well as four assists. Terrific game from him. Um, yep. Outside of that, we had Dan Bell with uh, with ten and seven. Um, good game from him. I know he's still sort of coming back from that ankle injury, so hopefully uh, he's good to go. Greggy Wise had one of his quieter games. He had six and five, only took six shots for the game. Um, Jared Christopher six and five also. Um, Joshy Saunders, uh, unlike seasons past, three. Nine uh, and three steals. Not bad numbers, but he shot the ball one of 15. So really sort of struggled from from both inside and out. Um, probably had the weekend beers on his mind. <laughs> but, yeah, he had probably one of his quieter games. Uh, Michael Snyder's seven and six. Good numbers from him. I'd uh, love to see it. He had a couple of assists as well. So, I don't know. What do you what do you make of this? Do you think the Bucks, um, you know, if you get a bit bit more out of Greggy Wise and uh, Joshy Saunders isn't so disgusting? Uh, do you think do you think this team's competitive? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
the Bucks I've seen are, the Bucks. The, the Bucks are good. Yeah, they're they're a quality side. They just yeah, obviously Saunders only going one from ten from deep, and then one of fifteen inside. They're they're not numbers that you'd see from him, from him normally. Like he's he'd easily be a fifteen point player. Um, Mike Stewart, he's he's just a humongous mountain that you struggle to even stop. So his twenty is huge. Um, but yeah, and then Greggy as well, like. Greg to get six, like Greg last season, for him to put those numbers up is just unheard of. The way he was playing last season was was unreal. So he 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 definitely would boost more. Um, and yeah, just a, a few extra numbers from those guys, and you know they're as competitive as anyone else on the Tuesday night. They're they're a good team. So I think um, yeah, they just walk away with this one, wipe your hands clean, and move on to the next one. They're they're definitely not out of the fight for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think they're a quality side and they'll be pushing uh, pushing finals for sure. Yeah. Uh, the final game of the night was the Drawn Dragons getting up by 17 on the Bunyip Wizards, 53 to 36. Um, yeah, almost a blowout. Not really a blowout, but a, a little bit of a blowout. Yeah, I, I actually did stick around and watch this game. Um, so it wasn't a blowout by any means. It was very close up until the third quarter, I believe, and it was just the the final fourth where the Dragons ran away with it. Um, I'm not 100% what the score was at the third, but I think there was only three points in it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, yeah, the Dragons just sort of pushed away in the fourth. Interesting, uh, interesting stat line for the Wizards. Uh, we've seen the schnoz, Matty Bray, uh, really have some cracking games to start the season. Uh, he did have a double-double. Uh, he was 11-11, and 11, uh, had a couple of steals, shot the ball at 63%, but only got eight looks. That's, um, that's probably not enough if you're the Wizards. Yeah, no, you definitely want to see... Uh, Maddie putting up more than eight. That's um, he, he's he's almost a guaranteed bucket when you put it in his hands. So you definitely want to be putting the ball uh, with Maddie a bit more just to get you more points on the board. Um, well, we did see. Uh, well, I mean, his eleven was was top scorer of the night um, on his eight shots. So. Uh, I think if you're the Wizards, you go back to the drawing board and, and come up with a new plan next week. But we did have Jake Connell with nine and six. Uh, he was four of 17. Angus Fay, he had five points, um, a handful of turnovers, and uh, struggled a little bit from deep. Um, but, yeah, he had three assists. Uh, we also had Trent Reeford, six and eight. Roland Dunn, five and five. Uh, and Kurt didn't get on the scoreboard in this one. We've seen a couple of good games from him. Uh, and Bryce Reynolds also uh, didn't trouble the scorers. Uh, but I, I was walking past him on Wednesday or Thursday and saw him just knock down a tray like it was nothing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like this this is probably one of those games for the Wizards where you go, oh, shit, man, we, we just played like garbage. Um, we'll just come back next week and, and reset. Yeah, uh Maybe if they don't do it next week because they're playing the two uh, the two cans, so 
Um, I, I don't really want to see him have a great game next week. But, no, I mean, after that, that's perfectly fine. Start dishing the ball to Maddie. That's good. But, yeah, next week, if you just, I don't know, I'd, I'd be happy with the numbers they've put up. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Don't change yeah. it for next week, but every week prior, uh, following. Uh, yeah, of course. After that, just, yeah, blow, blow the wheels off and uh, shoot to the stars. For the Dragons, I, I really like what I see from those guys. Um, we didn't really see anyone take a massive stranglehold. We did see Ash Beck with uh, 18 and 9, which is which is pretty spectacular. He had a couple of steals in there as well. But the rest of the stat sheet, barely balanced. Uh, we had Jamie McNeil, 11 and 6. Um, we also had Phil Schofield, 8 and 5. Michael Blythe, 8 and 5. Jared Kells, three and six. Quite a game from him on the glass. Um, don't expect that from him. Uh, Harry Darcy, he had uh, five boards and three assists. Uh, a couple of steals in there as well. Chris Eagleton, five points and a couple of boards. So I think if you're the Dragons and you have this stat sheet and you win by 17 points, you go away very, very happy. Yeah, I think uh, I think Mike's pretty happy with how his squad's tracking. Um, and, yeah, based based off the numbers, like, you know, we've all seen Mike shoot 30 points a game. Um, even Jamie McNeil, he can do that when he needs to. Um, there's a, a lot of guys in this team that can just turn it on when they need. And, um, yeah, on paper and watching them play, they're, they're a very dangerous side. They're, um, that's, that's why I've picked them as one of my top two from the Tuesdays. They're just an all-round, well-built team. Yeah, I think they're, they're probably as deep as a Super League team gets uh, and, and a very quality side. Uh, so, yeah, Dragons move on, I think, undefeated, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, they be, are undefeated, yeah. Um, and they'll be quite happy sitting right up there by themselves at the moment. Um, just going for that repeat. <laughs> yeah, going for the repeat. Um, Lucas. Let's talk the Hayden Byron top five. We've come up with a bit of a cracker, you and I, off air before we uh, we started this. And we've gone with top five hairdos in the league. This yes. Is, this, you, uh, it's, a, it's a great segment. Um, I'm very passionate about hair. Um, for anyone listening that doesn't know, um, I've got red dreadlocks that dangle around to the top of my bum. Do you? So, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're quite long and luscious. Um, I'm, I'm quite attached to them, you might say. Um, Do you ever, like, if you're, like, bending over to pick something up, do you ever, like, pinch them in there? In in my bum cheeks or? Yeah, yeah. do you ever get them caught? Uh, not not normally. I don't normally bend backwards, but um, they <laughs> – they they do get in the way sometimes. Yeah, I have to sort of tie them up at work and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, okay, okay. And yeah. you want to get a man bun most of the time? Uh, no, I don't man bun it uh, all the time. It's it's normally just I sort of half tie it up, so it's not like full length. Because when they're full length, it's happened to me a couple of times when I leave them out. I'll uh, I'll quickly make a manoeuvre and I'll get the hair caught under my armpit and it'll just kind of pull my head the wrong way. And 
Does yeah, it, make it look like you get fouled? That'd be kind of handy. It does. I mean, I think I've had quite a, a couple of fouls uh, called against other players for touching my hair. So <laughs> it kind of does work to my advantage a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm jealous. Well, uh, you shouldn't be. I, I'm. I love your hair. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, let's get into the top five. We've got a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, we just have really one honourable mention. The honourable mention is Liam McDonald. He's got the, uh, what did you describe it as? The, the Kelly Olenek. It is. It's the Kelly yeah. Olenek. Um, yeah. Very much uh, Kelly Olenek. Sort of got the Kelly Olenek game style, actually. He's got those mint middies and um, oh, yeah. a good perimeter game for a big guy. Yeah, um, for sure. I don't know if he wears the headband like Kelly Olenek, but I would love to see I would love to see the headband and just like one night just replicate Kelly Olenek. It'd be fantastic. Twenty one, wear the headband, just rep rep the Kelly Olenek. I love it. Yeah. A couple of dishonorable mentions. Um first of all, uh Jake Sutherland. Ooh. I'm not sure where he goes to get his hair cut, but um, it's obviously like a apprentice or something like that, but um, they're still learning and, and you know, we'll give them that. They're still learning, but, um, yeah, they've got a ways to go. And uh, and the next one is uh, Angus Fay. I don't know where he goes, but uh, I reckon he might get that done at home. Well, I don't, I don't know. It could... For Angus, it might be a look, looking in the mirror with a set of scissors type thing. I've I've heard he's a very much a tight ass, so uh, it could be could be like a yeah, do it do it at home, do it yourself, get your mum to do it. Yeah, uh, I mean it does make sense. He does seagull when the when the barbecue's on, so he's he's even hit me up already uh, for this week because we're playing against them. He's like, oh, snags Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see any offerings of him bringing anything down. So, yeah. Real shocker, Angus Faye. Real shocker. <laughs> All right, let's start with number five. Number five, we have Stranger Things, Bryce Joyner. Um, plays for the Sharks, played for the Sharks last season. He's got that 80s rocker hairdo. I fucking love it. I, I just yeah. love it. Froth it. Yeah, it just, just makes me want to rip out a guitar and headbang with him. Yeah, yeah, real like um, '80s Metallica type stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a great hairdo. I love it. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, next up, number four, we have Michael Snyder's. He's got the uh, he's got the, I think they're they're getting longer, but he's got those those short length dreadlocks um, that you see on on quite a few NBA players actually. Yeah, the little mini ones. I like them. They're, they're a good look, good looking lock. It's a midi. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of an NBA player who rocks something similar. I'm thinking Jalen Brunson. Yeah, yeah, very similar to a Brunson. Yep. Yeah. Um, I know Terrence Mann from the Clippers. He had like that midi for a little bit, but he's a grown now. But yeah, the the midi is quite popular because I think it's sort of when you start your dreadlocks and they get like that that mid range length, and then they just take off from there. Next up, number three, we got Lucas Armstrong with the Nay Nay length dreads. <laughs> nay Nay. <laughs> Watch me whip. Yeah. 
Watch me nay nay. Uh, I love yeah, it. I, uh, man, I love your hair. It's so good. I wish I had hair myself just so I could do some shit like that. Yeah, it's it's good. I get a lot of um, questions about it. Usually it's the first one that people ask me is, oh, do you think you're going to cut them off? Um, I don't know why people always go to that first, but uh, I usually just proceed with no, not anytime soon. And then their next question you're is pretty good long track long record long. of not cutting them off, don't you? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're um, they're they're quite long. People always ask me how long have I had them. Um, what am I now? I'm almost thirty four. I'm thirty four next week, so I've had them since I was nineteen. So do the math there. That's fifteen years. Kidding? <laughs> My God. Yeah. There's a, a fair bit of length on them. They, I've heard that if you were to, if you could brush out a dreadlock, they're essentially double the length that they are. So my hair would basically double if I didn't have dreadlocks. Can you imagine if you grew your fingernails for that long? Uh, I could. It'd be pretty gross. I've seen a few yeah. people type it's, things like, in the yeah, It's always those weird Facebook videos that you see, and you're like, what, what are you doing with those? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what I mean, can you do with those? You can't pick shit up. You can't do anything. You can't wipe your ass or anything. It's it's a, a weird weird thing. I, I don't know. You have, like, to, you have to hose it out like after you did it. For sure. You'd have to have a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two. Number two. Uh, we have the schnoz. Matt Bray. Number two. He's got that gorgeous mullet. It's it's a beautiful mane. Um, I reckon if I didn't have dreadlocks, I'd probably have something like that. A mullet? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never really thought what hairstyle I would rock if I had the opportunity, but um, I think a mullet would be up there. Yeah. Well, yeah, why not? For sure. I mean, it, it seems to be the thing. Like, everyone's bringing back that sort of 70s, 80s type stuff. So it's, yeah, I, I love it. I love I love a good mullet. I reckon it's fantastic. I'd love to see him rock the flat top on a mullet. That's like, that's oh, like late 80s. Yeah. That would be nice. The, that clean buzz cut dead straight on top. Shit, yeah. And then, and then the beautiful mane off the back. I, I can definitely see. See the snozz rocking that. I want, to, I want to see the Wizards guys apply a bit of pressure for that hairstyle for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it's him. Number one, we've got a we've got a similar hairstyle here, but it's so much more majestic, uh, and that is Bojack Whelan. Um, just what a what a mullet! I, I know I've got a photo of his mullet from a couple of seasons back, and it's like waving in the wind as he's driving to the basket. Yeah, and that thing is that thing is a it's just it's just beautiful. It's it is it's a beautiful head of hair. I um I'm very envious of it. Um, it, it's a big reason why it would be my haircut if I didn't have what I had. Um, it's just the it's the kind of mullet that you look up to. <laughs> you reckon you reckon Matty Bray at number two is looking up going, fuck, I wish I had that. Uh look, he he just needs a little bit more length, I think, and then he's very close. Yeah. Just just gotta stick it out. Just stay with it. <laughs> I love 
I love it. All right, we had um, we did have our player of the weeks, which we probably should cover as well, uh, and our player of the week for the Monday night uh, was Aussie Shelley. He had uh, 44 points, seven boards, four assists, four steals, 61% shooting. Shot the piss out of it. My goodness, what a game. Yeah, it was uh, it was well-deserved. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I've got to say as well. For our Tuesday night, uh, we had uh, James Top with his 27-7-5. and five. Um, love to see it from Toppy. It's about time. I feel like the two cans are up and about. I feel like we're getting behind James Top for the rest of the season. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, I'm a humongous fan of Toppy. Um, yeah, I'm super happy having him on my squad. He's definitely not someone I want to be on the other end of. So, <laughs> yeah, he's a hard man to stop. He's got he's got such great touch around the basket. He's got that midi. He's got the that weird sort of hard to keep up with pace where he's not like super quick, but he can sort of slow on you and and get those get space that way. Um, yeah, he reminds me reminds me a lot of Scott Pendlebury. The way that it, it's like it's like he's slowing down time almost. Yeah, uh, and there's there's a few players yeah. we've spoken about in Super League who who just seem to have all the time in the world. He's definitely one of them, and. You know, we've spoken heaps about Jeff Reed, how he sort of just has all the time in the world and goes as slow as he wants, and uh, Tommy Walsh to an extent back in the day. And, um, yeah, there's just been – oh, and Snags. Snags, yeah. definitely one of those guys. I just don't know how these guys do it, but if, if there's some sort of uh, academy that you can send me to, I'm all for it. It's just crazy. Yeah, there's, uh, it's something to do with, like, the Marvel franchise or something. Someone out there is just – offering you know time travel and whatever else and allows them to slow the game down and just do whatever they want <laughs> yeah they're they're mental they're mental the, his game was terrific i think the two cans are on the up as a result and i think you know this particular game is something that the two cans can base their following games around uh, and really sort of springboard uh, their season uh, towards the finals yeah, hopefully. That's that's sort of the direction we're we're hoping to go for. So we did not have the team of the week out just as yet. Uh so we can't talk about that yet. It's a mystery um as we speak. Ooh. Um and so that, that pretty much brings us to the end of the pod. Fantastic. It's been uh been good to get on. I've I've listened for oh, God knows how long and it's yeah, it's nice. To I remember when we first joined up for Super League, and you're like, "Oh, you guys do a podcast? This is sick! Oh, this is cool!" And now you're on it. I know it's it's almost a dream come true. I never thought at <laughs> the age of you know 34 I'd be able to get on a pod and you know have a chin wag with one of my mates. It's great. <laughs> I love it, mate. Thanks so much for joining me. It's been a blast. Um, I'd love to get you on here again towards the end of the season. So. Uh, if you're available, please, please hit me up. Uh, anything for Beast, man. <laughs> yeah, keep it in mind, actually. Good good little unofficial plug to finish the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for me. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll do it all again next week.